Welcome to Kitchen Table Conversations, a series of short and shareable conversation starters for those of us who have or love and support people with a complicated and beautiful brain. Here's your host, Angela Geddes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Kitchen Table Conversations. I'm so excited about today's topic because it's just such an important bit of news that I want to share. So I have been working in the field of mental health and complicated mental health for many, many years, and uh, I've learned a lot over the years. And I often say that um, the most meaningful learning that I've ever had comes from the individuals and the family members that I am honored to walk alongside because I learn from them what the implications of the conditions that they are experiencing, like what does that really mean on the day to day. And it's from there that I, um, that fuels my passion to help raise awareness and to help, um, you know, debunk some of the myths and to learn more so that, as Maya Angelou says, when we know better, we can do better. So I think most of you know by now that I'm very committed to uh, reducing both the incidences and the impact of uh, pregnancies that are exposed to potential toxins. And one of those biggies in our culture and our community right now continues to be alcohol and marijuana. And we are learning that, uh, again, we're learning more and more about the implications and the, the risks associated with that. And I think it's, you know, it's just really important to know that the point of this podcast is to bring this conversation back home to our own kitchen tables, because I continue to engage in conversations out in the community and within my circle that are still kind of surprising to me. So it wasn't very long ago that I was learning about, um, a family that was unsure as to whether or not they were going to bring in another baby into their family. And um, so they already have a, a couple of children and and there's one parent that says, yes, I really want to have another one and the other one that doesn't. So alcohol is a part of this conversation and within this little social gathering. And, uh, you know, as, as they are both consuming alcohol, conversations are, are going on and, and the one person indicates that, well, you know, I guess if it happens, it happens. We're just going to see. I'm not going to plan for another pregnancy, but if it happens, it's great. If it doesn't, well, that's okay too. And I know that that's the opinion of a lot of people. I mean, these these people are not taking this lightly. They're not, uh, you know, they're very good parents. They're very committed. They're very good um, community members and volunteers. And, you know, they work very, very hard. Um, they love their children more than life itself. Um, but clearly, they do not understand the risks associated with even mild to moderate or social drinking or just having a drink after work on the deck with your with your family and friends people do not seem to understand that and again I continue to learn um, and just happened to be that this week I received an article from one of my dear friends and colleagues Dr. Louise Scott who's a pediatric neuropsychologist who's very interested in in also raising awareness and uh, helping people to better understand the implications of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and the role of alcohol in child development. Um, so we received this article that indicates that dad's drinking is also tied to fetal alcohol 
uh, spectrum disorder. And I think that this is really, really important for all of us to embrace and to understand and to take home because I've been in more than one situation where, um, you know, there's been some, some stigma attached to parents and, and particularly moms because we focus on maternal alcohol consumption when we're looking at uh, child development and anything that might be um, curious to us. And I know that, you know, I've had conversations with moms who have denied um, consuming alcohol and then, you know, and becoming very, very frustrated with the the continual suggestion that this may be a part of their experience. And in one particular case, I remember uh, her asking me about the dad's role because the dad was really struggling with addictions at the time. And she really wasn't much of a drinker. Uh, But yet this little guy had facial features. And, you know, everyone who was in contact with this little person, um, really kind of assumed that, um, that this was fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which at this point in time is diagnosed only when we get confirmation that the mom has consumed alcohol. You know, I've always known that, well, I shouldn't say I've always known, but I guess I've known for a long time that fathers play a role and that then it would make sense that that alcohol is transferred to the developing baby at conception. So, you know, we always um, promote the fact that, you know, there's no safe amount of alcohol. And we also promote that in order to support our mums, that dads um, make a commitment to abstaining from alcohol while they're planning a family as well. And we try to encourage, you know, about three months or so um, before before conception to make sure that our our babies are given the best possible chance. But the reality is that we live in a culture where alcohol is a huge part of it. And you can't really go anywhere without uh, somebody offering you a drink or without the expectation that there's going to be alcohol involved. Um, You know, and back when I was having children, you didn't just have a drink on a Tuesday, you know, and it seems like that's part of what we're doing. And so it was interesting because um, yesterday I was in the car and listening to the radio and there was a song on there talking about um, 11 drinks and it's by the Reclaws and it is actually a catchy tune, but I remember hearing it for the first time going, oh my goodness, another song about alcohol. And just worried about, you know, our identification with alcohol and that kind of thing. But but the DJ at the time on the radios indicated, you know, he, he said something to the effect that, it, you know, if you had uh, 11 beer, can you imagine what a great time you'd have at this concert? And then later he qualified the statement by saying the concert would be great without alcohol. And I think it's important to recognize that there are people, he mentioned people in his family that choose not to drink at this point in time and that they do have a lot of fun and a, and a really full life. And I just thought to myself, what a powerful statement it would be if he were to add something about the risks associated with unplanned pregnancies on the radio. Like, why are we not having more conversations about this? Why do we not see ads at the Super Bowl while we're talking about alcohol use, which is fine if people want to consume alcohol and they know the risks to themselves, that's one thing to make an informed decision. I'm not here to say anything about that. But what I am here to say is that there are implications on others that we do need to know more about. 
So I'll post this particular article on my website, but I think it's important to see that the findings in this Journal of Clinical Investigation show that male alcohol consumption before conception caused fetal alcohol syndrome, brain, and facial growth defects. Now, we in Canada use fetal alcohol spectrum disorder as the diagnostic term that's inclusive of all uh, conditions related to prenatal alcohol exposure, but they found that male exposures actually drive certain cranial facial differences much stronger than maternal exposures do. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, my goodness, you know, those facial features that we saw in that little person, we all assumed that it was directly related to the mom's consumption. And now we're learning that actually, this could be impacted by the father's consumption as well. So, you know, again, research is evolving, we have plenty of it. And I don't know whether we need um, too much more in order to make significant differences and policy changes and that kind of thing. But, but I love learning more about this. I love learning that this is, you know, our pregnancies are, it's, you know, I've always said, it's been my little slogan and mantra lately that, you know, it's up to everybody to help support healthy pregnancies and, and healthy babies and healthy communities. And this is the, the sole purpose of this kitchen table conversations is to, to have conversations that can create opportunity for us to learn more, to be as healthy as we can be. And this is one of them. So I just really encourage you to take a look at my website, learn more about um, the risks associated with male consumption of alcohol too, and recognizing that, you know, when we're planning a pregnancy, it's it's up to it's up to both partners to do what they can to build the healthiest of babies, um, and and I think maybe this will really help to reduce the stigma associated with moms and that um, that burden of responsibility, because the health of the baby is the responsibility of both partners. So with that being said, it is my hope that this conversation goes back to your kitchen table and I will say with many thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in and thanks so much for your interest in in some of these conversations. And, and if you like what you're hearing, please feel free to share. And uh, I've learned that you can actually do a little review and that would be fine too. Uh, but no pressure there. Again, this is just to share information and to have really good conversations back at home where we do some of our most meaningful learning.